The following is a reflection on the readings for Thursday of the 17th week of Ordinary Time. The first reading is taken from Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 to 6, the responsorial from Psalm 146, and the gospel from Matthew chapter 13, verses 47 to 52. In Genesis chapter 3, the original sin consisted of Adam and Eve grasping at divinity by partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, contrary to God's command. In other words, they wanted to be the potter who shapes the clay. But as clearly indicated in the creation account of Genesis chapter 2, God formed man from the clay of the earth and breathed into him the breath of life. In today's first reading, Jeremiah is directed to the potter's house to witness clay that was spoiled, being reshaped by the hand of the potter into a vessel as seemed good to him. Then came the question that is central in each of our lives. Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done, says the Lord? A few points for observation. First, notice that the potter did not throw out the spoiled clay and begin again with a fresh batch. Rather, he reshaped what was ruined according to his purpose, as seemed good to him. Sometimes, because of major sins and mistakes, a person can be so broken that they think themselves useless and beyond repair. Future plans and dreams turn to dust because they cannot find a way forward. What is needed is repentance, a turning back to the potter and allowing him to reshape the fragments. As Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 states, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. The second point to notice, it was the potter's hand that shaped the clay. The potter was personally involved in the project. We do not serve a deist God who, like a watchmaker, winds up the universe and lets it run down on its own. God is providentially involved in his creation. Indeed, the potter is so personally invested that he unites clay nature to his own person, and then redeems it through self-sacrifice. After the ascension, God pours himself into the clay and then raises it through the sacraments, especially the Eucharist. Furthermore, the potter continually beckons the clay to cooperate in its refashioning. As Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 29. Third, from the Enlightenment period onward, not only has our first parents' fall been rejected, it has been repeated. There has been a continual grasping at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as the clay seeks to reshape itself, by denying any God-given intrinsic human nature or essence. Rather, as John Paul Sartre announced, existence precedes essence, and can therefore shape it however it pleases. With the consequent denial of natural law, ethics goes out the window, or at least becomes relative to the will of the clay. But as the prophet Isaiah said to sinful Israel, you turn things upside down, as if the potter were thought to be the clay. Shall what his form say to him who formed it, He did not make me? Can the pot say of the potter, 
he knows nothing. Fortunately, Jesus came to set things right side up. In his discourse on Holy Thursday at the Last Supper, Jesus used an important metaphor to remind us of what our relationship with him really means. As a branch must remain attached to the vine to bear fruit, so must we abide in Christ, otherwise the branch will die and be thrown into the fire. Fourth, in the process of making a new vessel, the clay not only has to be reshaped, but then put in the oven so that it becomes durable, fit for use by the Master. Thus, in Catholic tradition supported by Scripture, suffering takes on an important role in our sanctification. As St. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, For our light and momentary afflictions are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. St. James adds in his letter, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let us now apply these four observations to what is going on in our world today. With respect to point number one, that is, the potter reshaping the spoiled clay to shape something new and valuable, our culture has embraced a throw-away disposable mentality. If something breaks, it's easier and cheaper to simply replace it. This is fine so far as inanimate things go, although probably not for the environment which is becoming a dumping ground. But when this philosophy begins to shape moral decisions regarding when human life becomes unworthy of existing, either in the aged, infirmed, or pre-born, it's time to reevaluate and repent. With respect to the second point, that is, allowing oneself to be converted and reshaped by a provident, loving, and personal God, secularism and atheism have increased so much in our society that there exists a push to keep the teaching of this personal God out of the public domain altogether. Moreover, a continual paring away of conscience protections is forcing doctors, teachers, and other professionals to contravene deeply held values so that the vessel they have so carefully shaped in cooperation with the potter who made them is being marred. Regarding the third point, that is the denial of our clay essence, so that we become the potter shaping human nature at will according to what our passions desire, we only have to consider such things as in vitro fertilization, artificial contraception, transgenderism, and in the not-too-distant future, transhumanism, that is, attempts to genetically or cybernetically enhance humans to be smarter or stronger possibly even uploading the human mind into a computer so that death is overcome. Regarding the fourth point, traditional Catholic understanding of suffering as redemptive, this too is being challenged by legalization of euthanasia and assisted suicide for the aged and infirmed, developing safe spaces so that vulnerable people don't feel triggered by perceived threats, including ideas that challenge or contradict their own. One can see how this simple metaphor of the potter and clay, as set forth in the first reading, goes to the very root of our relationship with God. 
Jesus, however, brings it all into stark relief when he speaks of the final judgment using another simple metaphor of the net thrown into the sea. The point Jesus makes is that every kind of fish that lives in the sea is free to exist, but that in the end when they are caught, the good will be separated from the bad, and only the good will be allowed into the kingdom of heaven. In other words, ultimately the potter has the last say. The clay can object to his work, deny his existence, refuse to be shaped, and therefore fail to be useful to the potter. God has given us intellect and free will that most identifies us as his image. But when the image forgets its creaturely status and tries to become the exemplar, the original sin of Adam and Eve is repeated ad nauseum. May we, remembering our nature as created by love for service, try with the grace of God to live the exhortation of St. Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 by cooperating with God's grace. In a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earthenware, and some for noble use, some for ignoble. If anyone purifies himself from what is ignoble, then he will be a vessel for noble use, consecrated and useful to the master of the house, ready for any good work.